Hi everybody, it's Trish Rubin. Welcome to the Blur and Blend Marketing Podcast, or as I like to call it, the B and B. And today I'm coming to you from Sparks and Honey. Just sat in a briefing, and some of you understand that term, Sparks and Honey briefing. Uh, you've been to the agency, uh, Madison Avenue Agency for Cultural trend spotting, analysis, and execution for clients who are um, little little clients like uh, McDonald's, Chanel, small little startups like that. (laughs) So uh, my guest today is someone who has been with me at the Culture Briefing, and I wanted to bring this guest forward. It's the first guest I think I'm going to have who has a shared passion for education and for business. And since my story is that I came from education into business, um, my guest came from business into education. And now we're both working in the same lanes of communication in schools. So this is the first podcast where I will address directly what's happening in schools, what it means uh, to be in the fog of communication, in the noise of communication, and to try to uh, be the best communicator you can be if you are an educator. And that means if you are uh, a leader, a superintendent, a principal, teacher, staff member, trying to make that communication of what that school is about and even dare to think that you might find that you can create a brand around that and use that to help you be a better communicator. That's what the podcast is going to be about, how we cut through the fog of school communication. And so I will introduce my guest, Lori Perlo, to you. And welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Trish. It's great to be with you. It's lovely. And we kind of put this together quickly. So I, I love when somebody says, sure, I'll, I'll give that a go. <laughs> uh, we went to through the briefing. We had a great time with the briefing. And now we're post-briefing in the middle of Sparks and Honeyland. Um, and Lori, I want you to uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, what your background is, what brings you to this moment, and maybe say something about the briefing today before we really dig in on schools. Sure. So my background is in marketing communications, um, and I really credit my um, high school uh, in southern New Jersey for really setting me on my career path and having the exposure to marketing education as a teenager. Um, I did go on to study and and get my bachelor's in marketing communications at FIT right here in New York City. Um, And my career path has been a winding one, um, certainly one with some blurred lines, if you will, um, starting in the private sector, working for a Fortune 500 company in the area of cause marketing. Um, And then after some time in New York, realizing that um, there was something else pulling me somewhere else, I wasn't quite sure what it was, and I ended up Um, going back to my marketing ed teacher who was always my mentor and she said why don't you get certified and teach marketing and I thought well that's the craziest thing I've ever heard but guess what I did it and I loved it and that was really where my private sector and public sector um, paths crossed Um, and then fast forward um, to now I'm entering my 10th year in school communications and working um, in southern New Jersey but serving school districts throughout the state and being able to provide them with um, the service of communications, public relations, crisis management, social media support, you name it. Um, Giving them access to that service has um, been a tremendous effort and one that has really just taken off because there's such great demand 
for it. Yeah, so uh, you're positioned really well. And with this idea of having schools being able to uh, go to a, a, a service that is not a private, uh, privately provided service is one reason why they may trust that because trust is such a, a root for school. And this model of being transparent is not the positioning of a, of a school as we know it. So you're asking a lot from people when you ask them to uh, open themselves up, to tell their stories, to be transparent. So first of all, I'll ask you about uh, what you're seeing today that makes the role that you're taking on seem more important than ever before in schools. Yeah, so I think, you know, there's so much that's changing in the world around us as in terms of how we communicate and what we use to communicate and where we um, look for information. Um, and I think schools don't necessarily see themselves as needing to be responsive to that. Um, and and sort of sort of you know going hand in hand with that is they don't necessarily have the resources so the beautiful part of the service that I provide through the Camden County Educational Services Commission is that any school district who wants to do work with us can simply contract for the amount um, of work that their budget allows so there are no uh, you know minimums or, or things like that it can be very affordable and a school district can you know contract with us just for a simple project or on an ongoing basis. Um, and, and just being able to provide them access is, is really one of the biggest um, you know, wins in providing the service. Yeah, frictionless way of getting involved. So tr we know that traditionally schools have been ivory towers, have been silos, and businesses have done that too. But when we're talking about the reason for schools, it includes kids, uh, so what's do you see as the sort of driving piece, like what is in the noise, what's in the blur out there for schools that would make a, a, a school district say, we need Lori, we need people like Lori to help us? So I think when it comes to the stakeholders of the various school districts, the information that they typically have access to is either information that might come from a board meeting, which is typically very formal, um, or data, test data. That's something that's very popular and is often published as news. Um, but there's very little storytelling. And schools um, are starting to realize that if they really want to build trust, and if they really want to convey what's going on inside of their classrooms and inside of their buildings, they need to start telling the stories that are taking place each and every day in each and every classroom and each and every building and they're just starting to get that but they need help in doing it why do you what do you see the uh, where do you see that help coming from and, and what kinds of help would a school leader need a, a principal is it different for a principal and a superintendent so what is it that they're, they're feeling that they need you for? So I think one of the pieces that's really important here is um, for school leaders to have a really good understanding of the type of communication preferences that their stakeholders have. So understanding that you know some parents um, are going to want their information available to them, you know, either 
coming by text or by email or on social media. Sending home a letter to parents to inform them of something that's really important isn't necessarily the most effective way to communicate. So we have to really meet our parents where they are, not just parents, but all stakeholders. Stakeholders who don't have children in the schools, but yet need to know what's going on in the school districts in the communities where they live. Um, so I, I think you know, the greatest challenge for school districts is figuring out what all of those different channels are and how to utilize them and mix them um, to really to their advantage, but so that all stakeholders feel like they are actually receiving the, the needed information. And we could probably connect to what we saw earlier in the meeting in the briefing today around that. Uh, thinking about what we saw today, could you help us understand just uh, what it means to really understand what communities prefer and how they see their uh, their own identities and what it means for you as you work with schools? What would you bring forward out of what we saw today? So one of my big takeaways from the briefing today was really about um, inclusion. Um, and so whether it's um, inclusion of, you know, as it relates to communication, of course, right? So in some school districts, their greatest challenge is communicating in different languages. Some school districts may have families that speak, you know, upwards of 50 different languages. And so figuring out how to help a school district convey information, whether it's through website or a newsletter that has, um, a, you know, a... Um, uh, a, a tool that can translate into the language that the receiver can read and understand is really important because what happens is when you don't do that, then they feel like they're not part of your messaging and they're not part of your community. And that's exactly what school districts do not want to do, right? They, Their efforts are good. Their intentions are good. They just don't necessarily have all of the tools in their toolbox to fulfill um, the needs for their communities. Yeah, we heard this wonderful uh, piece about, about uh, more geared to uh, Latina life and uh, the Latin X, so Latinos and how they uh, need to communicate. And we saw that, and through that time, I think all of us sitting there were really understanding that even in the way that one segment actually sees each other itself, there's so many gradients of positioning. So the kids see themselves in some way that's different from the way their uh, parents might see uh, themselves as living out of uh, a communication brand that's part, let's for this case, uh, to be a Latino. So it, it's not simple, but it's doable in terms of keeping yourself up to date on the idea of trends, which is what we saw today uh, in a cultural trending agency, trying to stay aware of what's happening. So in this idea of kind of the blur, what are some of the trends that you see that you think could be uh, a place for you to talk about communication? I think we had talked a bit about equity and earlier, and what areas are interesting for, for you and for the schools you'll work with? Yeah, so I often hear um, school leaders who will um, say that, you know, they plan these great events in the evening for their stakeholders, particularly for parents, whether it's to teach parents about a new initiative um, or just to share, you know, wellness information, whatever the topic is, they often will host events in the evening. And that presents a whole nother set of challenges, right? So childcare issues, um, transportation issues sometimes, um, 
time availability if some parents maybe need to work in the evening and aren't available. And I don't even think that we're aware of it. It's just what we do. So I think one easy solution is to stream the meetings um, or host the meeting at another time um, or provide transportation if you can um, to families who may be in need. And there may be some liability around that, but especially if it's a student event, there are always ways um, around that. So I think it's trying to be mindful of what the obstacles are for different families and of different cultures and really making the effort to understand what those obstacles are so that you can remove them. Yeah, access and knowing the, again, which you mentioned earlier, just the comfort of engaging with people. It is a marketing tool is to know your audience and to have enough information on that audience, which again, schools 10 years ago didn't need. Uh, was like the idea of just mass uh, communication, which we had in business as well. Now that we know that people are uh, empowered by mobile, that they also are empowered by personalization, uh, these create challenges for uh, brands in corporate life, and they will challenge schools too. And the thing is, in the schools, we haven't had the training of uh, business. We haven't had the communication training in that sense. So if you think about the, I don't know if you have a typical uh, instance or how do you think a a plan might be to best help a school who really hasn't started off in this direction of using communication in new ways? What what do you try to do with them first? So a lot of the clients that I work with um, don't have a formal communications plan in place, and that's you know sort of what they're looking for. And what I always suggest to them is starting with information gathering, and we we can assume that we know what they want and what they need, but in the end, we really don't know all of it. And so I usually recommend that schools survey all of their key stakeholders, um, parents, staff, community members, to figure out what their communication preferences truly are instead of assuming that you know what they are. Um, Because usually there are some forms of communication, some tools that a school district is using that are effective, and so it's good to do more of that. Um, But there might be some other areas that are missed opportunities. Um, and then also something just as simple as focus groups. You know, hosting focus groups where, you, where district administration is not present and a neutral party is present um, to get some really good nuggets of information um, from each stakeholder group, so staff, parents, um, you know, community members, students, depending upon, you know, the grade level, Um, You know, getting that information in a setting where people feel comfortable sharing it, um, it can be really, really helpful and can really guide the process of developing a communications action plan that will direct the district. Because most districts know that they need to communicate more, they know they're not doing enough, but they're just not quite sure where to begin. And so that's a really good place to start. And who, who do you involve in that piece, uh, especially when they don't have a central communications department, small school? Do you have any tips for people who are like, we've got a plan, or we create the plan, like who's going to deliver on this plan? 
the superintendent's going to probably push back on being the, the, the manager of this. What, what do you see happening? So people don't have a lot of resources. Yeah, so oftentimes I get calls from smaller school districts that simply don't have the capacity to hire a full-time communications professional, and that's why they reach out to me. Um, but usually when we draft a communications action plan, there is some mix where you know I can provide some services, but a lot of it gets divided uh, and conquered between the staff that is there. And um, sometimes it's providing a stipend to somebody who maybe has a little extra time and is a little more savvy when it comes to something like social media um, or developing an electronic newsletter. Um, oftentimes the principal or the superintendent just don't have the time because they're busy managing other things. But I think when leaders can identify who those rising leaders are and tap into their skill set, there's nothing wrong with utilizing them as a communications liaison or something along those lines. Something that I'd like to, I, thank you for that answer. Those are really concrete tips. And something that I think about when I'm doing my own work with brand and it is just this idea of trying to figure out how does a school actually use language it because we know that marketing is all about using language and and how do you define who you are and most schools they're they're defined by the word they try to define themselves by the word excellence and that's it's bad for a couple of reasons because everybody has jumped on the excellence wagon they've got some data that says they're excellent but then uh oh what happens when data flips and this year we're not excellent and that if you're going to really make a promise to people just by saying you're excellent, that it goes back to being a, a company brand or product brand. You know, everybody is going to say, yes, we're excellent, we're the best. How, how can a school uh, distinguish itself? And what kind of things do you think about when you try to help a school do that? Well, you're right. A lot of schools do you know, sort of want to say that they are excellent, whether they are or they aren't. Um, it's something that, you know, I think is a very general term that um, in education a lot of folks strive for. Um, and sort of to support that uh, notion, another thing that a lot of school districts are guilty of doing is developing these really long, wordy mission vision statements that don't mean a lot and most people can't connect with. Um, but where I see more effective communication about brand and what a district stands for is actually when districts will utilize a really creative, effective hashtag. Um, and in today's day, um, that's what it's all about. And I think it's brilliant because it's short, sweet, and hopefully memorable. Um, where some districts fall short when they develop their hashtags is that they don't personalize them to the district. Um, so that's certainly uh, something to be mindful of. Same thing with social media uh, handles. If the name of your district is not in your handle, if it happens to refer to your mascot, um, most people aren't going to know who the mascot is when they're searching for you. So you want to be mindful of your handle as well. Um, but I think you know so much of our language today is in hashtags, um, and they can be really, really effective. Mm, yeah, I agree. And. Uh, I like the uh, the conversation we had before we started too about the idea of uh, a personal brand and conversations about brand are really important for me. That's where I like to dig in and how might that fit into a communication plan? Let's say for a school that's getting started is that how do you see where do you see that emerging? Um, a personal brand, uh, looking at the school brand. 
what 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 thoughts do you have about so I think that? I think branding is is a newer topic and a newer conversation in um, in for public school districts uh, but for those that are really digging in I think the most important work that can be done is really um, encouraging everyone from the top down and everyone in between, employees, students, parents, to help convey and live out what that brand is. Um, and so we do that in a, in a lot of different ways, but it's, you know, you hear the phrase that, you know, walking the talk, uh, talking the walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that you don't leave your brand on the boardroom table and, and never look at it again. It's something that uh, everybody should be living and breathing every single day. So if kindness is, you know, part of your brand, um, or, you know, creative learning spaces is, is, you know, part of your brand, then you need to show it. Um, you don't want to just say it's what you do, you need to show it. Um, and I think the more you can get teachers on social media pushing out and, um, you know, sort of underscoring that they too understand what the brand is and deliver it every day in their lessons, then you will soon see parents who are getting that message as well. And I know, you know, I have kids in school and I try at every opportunity to compliment my children's teachers and the school and the school district when I see really meaningful opportunities to do that. Um, because I am really grateful for the learning experience that my own children have, um, and I think other parents feel the same way when that message is conveyed to them. I think what uh, one of the things I want to do before uh, we close is to kind of uh, talk a little bit about how we met too, and we met through uh, have th- through the the social media platform of Twitter, and. I think for a lot of people in education, that's so, it's not used, uh, maybe we've got like personal learning networks, teachers really use it, but you know, leaders just don't really understand that. What's the value of taking on some of these things? Like, I love LinkedIn as well, but if, if you're going to uh, have that sense of working with a school you've got to work with the leadership and get them to release a little bit can you say anything about the value of taking that that on yeah so I think Twitter even for me um, has become such a powerful tool uh, for learning and for connecting Um, and I while we first sort of connected on Twitter and then I attended one of your um, brand ed boot camps and I found myself nodding the entire time in agreement (laughs) with everything you said Um, so uh, you know I I definitely am a huge fan Um, but also I think with Twitter I think people just underestimate the power of the connections that can be made Um, and again I think what what brings people together is that hashtag Um, And that common learning, regardless of whether you, you know, specialize in school communications or if you're a principal or if you teach science, regardless of what it is, it's a really natural way to build your network 
um, and support one another, learn from one another. Um, and one of the things that I'm starting to realize now is even, you know, we live in different states and we live very different lives, but yet this one thing brings us together. And I think the very same can actually be said for teachers even in one district who may feel like they don't see their colleagues enough. If you simply start an ed chat, that's a wonderful way to bring people together and they don't even need to physically be together, but yet they're connecting. So on that note, what, how do we connect with you on Twitter and in any other way that you'd like to share? I'll put them in the show notes, but let, let us know. So my handle on Twitter is L Perlo, L-P-E-R-L-O-W, and that's where I'm at. Oh, great. So, and that's also a good message because a lot of, sometimes a lot of uh, ed leaders say, I can't handle it. I can't be on all these sites. No, you just choose the one that really works for you and learn it and really and maximize on it. Uh, so I want to thank you, Lori, because this, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking, this is my back-to-school podcast. Yay. And there are already places in the country where this week they're back to school. So thank you for uh, sharing that. It was great that we were able to be here at Sparks and Honey together, and I know you will return. And uh, thank you so much for all of your support and how I learned from you as a communicator in the work that you do in Camden County and now throughout the state and the work that you do through New Jersey uh, and Spur. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Lots yeah. of fun. Thank you.